Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's Good, episode three. I'm Jose, your host, and flight attendant, media obsessed, whore, whatever, and I'm joined with my dear friend and co-host, Nina. Hey, Nina, what's good? Hey, this is Nina again, back for another episode. Um... Yeah, you probably already know about me. I'm also media obsessed, which is why we have this podcast. Um, and so today we're in for another episode. We we really wanted to talk about memes this ex- episode, so we thought we would bring in an expert. And so this episode, we have our friend and resident... Our first, and our first yes, guest. Our first guest, resident meme expert, Sterling... Hey, Hi, Sterling. Sterling, what's good? Not much. Just excited, excited to get into talking about memes. Uh, it's one of my favorite and least favorite things. <laughs> well, okay, explain to us what memes are currently circling the web. Oh, oh, um, oh boy. I mean, <laughs> so many great memes out there and so many good reoccurring memes, but... <laughs> I just like to, I'm really interested in like these semi, well like not semi, just very like political memes or, you know, particularly with the new Bernie and Hillary. Um, Wait, okay, you keep posting these into the Google Doc, which these are all going to end up on our website in the show notes, but like, I haven't seen this one about, hey bro, you dropped your pencil. (laughs) Oh, yes. So I'm very excited to get into these memes. Um, These like, so... I feel like we've most of us have seen these Bernie or Hillary with like Bernie. It's like some pretentious kind of topic, and Bernie goes really into it, and Hillary's very basic about it. But um, there's more that have been like pictorial, and so this one that uh, you're talking about has, "Hey, bro, you dropped your pencil," and Bernie kindly hands you your pencil, as in pictured underneath, whereas Hillary. Um, makes a gesture. I forget what this is even called. Yeah, what is that? It's like when you put do like the okay sign, but like you use all five of your fingers into a circle, and then you have three. But what does that mean? It's so when you put that like below your knee, you get to like punch someone in their arm. Oh, I remember <laughs> that from like elementary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like slug bug, but if you look, you know they'll punch you. Right. <laughs> it's very accurate. I feel like that's what <laughs> Hillary's gonna do to us if she wins. Hey, Hillary, can I get an autograph? She does that little gesture and punches <laughs> you in the face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay, Sterling. Um, about when did these memes surface, and from what sort of uh, what is this a real flyer that someone posted and then turned it? people started photoshopping into it or how did it all start you know the meme origins are very hard to track down these days <laughs> uh, <laughs> i i'm i'm tempted to say yes that it is a real a real issue between uh you know pro bernie advocates and they're more i don't know they tend to be more concise and more like meme friendly so this is already like borderline meme format and then someone just took off and ran with it Right. I almost wonder, it seems like Bernie um, has such a, like a, a young demographic and he, I'm sure that we're going to say a meme team. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm sure Bernie has a meme team. (laughs) I feel like Hillary has an actual meme team and it's like going horribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Someone who studies, someone in their like thirties who's studying memes. Yeah. She has like a 35 year old on her team like responsible for memes <laughs> um and i do remember the this one, it, it's like her publicist is the one that forced her to be chilling in cedar rapids on snapchat oh my god <laughs> she's like um i'm gonna order a beer koozie it says chillery clinton <laughs> <laughs> um but i do remember when like this first i mean i don't know if, if i was like it was when it first started or had been going for a while, mm. um, like on the deep web or whatever, Reddit. Um, but at, towards the beginning, I remember it being like about actual political topics. Right. Um, so I think it was a flyer and then it just started getting 
photoshopped and control yeah yeah. first it was just like political topics and then they would photoshop hillary saying something crazy but now it's just like (laughs) ridiculous ridiculous but still valid oh my god this one are you a tupac fan (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's what i wanted to kind of get into with this one are you a tupac fan um so Bernie says, uh, or it says under Bernie, huge fan. He's helped many kids get through hard times, and I still bump his shit when I can. Rip to one of the greatest. And under Hillary, it says he hasn't come out with new music in a while, so IDK. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's very relevant. I mean, like, in terms of, like, um, like the black community, it seems like Bernie's just so much more, like, aware. And, like, Hillary's, like, completely out of touch like, still, like, trapped in, like, the 90s or something. Yeah, and the same with, like, the Hispanic community. Have you seen, Jose, oh, both of you, but also Jose, that, um, like, how she's been posting, like, um, someone on her team posted an article on their website that was, like, 13 reasons why Hillary is just like your abuela. And they're what? Like, <laughs> stuff like no. that. Like, they're trying to, like, do these weird, like, almost, like, trying to make a memes, but they don't really know, like, what they're doing. And they keep doing things like that. And it's just, like, really, really weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And then that turned into a whole thing because people were like, she's not just like my grandma. Like, what is what is this list? <laughs> What the heck? These are, they're so, they're out of control. I mean, okay, but in a way, like, Sterling, how you were saying about how her, she's, like, kind of stuck in the 90s. She's not very, like, relevant. I wonder, I mean, I almost think that some of these, even though they're not political topics at all, it's, like, the people who are making them or the direction that they've kind of, fallen into is that they're reflective of her policies i mean it seems like so superficial and like surfacey for me to say that but like do you know what i mean it's like i think i think for like you were saying about like the social media presence of it of of, like people who aren't really like looking into the policies either way they're coming into this and they're looking at these memes or uh, as we sometimes refer to them as maymays and and just like (laughs) they're like checking it out and like kind of like relying on their friends for like who to vote for and they're kind of like just understanding the candidates better through these memes like is that is that real (laughs) i yeah so that i mean like i think we talked about it a little before but it kind of like scared me that um some people are not really looking deep into it, and I mean, they don't really feel a need to be involved with politics, but it's like, it's almost inescapable with memes, because these are just popping up everywhere. But it's, I don't know, it's just such a strange thing that people can't find the time to, like, look into people's actual, like, opinions, and I don't know, and only take this value, but I mean, it still doesn't make it less valid. Right. Yeah, no, I could... I can see that. I mean, I think that they're helpful. Like, I, it's so weird for me to like think that these memes are like helping society, but <laughs> I think it's getting people intrigued at least. Like, this is like a very relevant, easy way um, to become viral and like conversation piece for people to at least initiate their uh, interest into the candidates and the policies and and like see for themselves whether or not they think like Hillary Clinton is lying about her stuff or if Bernie is really like for the people, you know, like and the stuff that they're more or less known for. I mean, I guess I'm I'm all friends with Bernie fans for the most part. Right. So like I'm, I'm, I guess I have a pretty biased view on my social media. However, I'm sure it's like getting around. Right. I've never, I still haven't seen like a Bernie or Hillary, like pro Hillary meme. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no exactly can i just read one more um yeah. it's uh, the, that's bernie or hillary and their subject or the issue is pokemon <laughs> <laughs> bernie says the games cannot pander to the competitive players the concept of a meta game is an elite mindset that makes the common player suffer and hillary says i use my master ball and a ratata <laughs> <laughs> It's just, like, completely level, like, different levels of operation. Like, <laughs> that's so, like, valid in that, like, I don't know, Hillary's kind of, like, playing into, like, the structure that's already there, and Bernie is, like, 
analyzing the structure from like a distance that's like so accurate. No, it's so but not true. necessarily like, intentional by the creator either, which is like I don't know. That's such a weird level. Yeah, I know. I really am curious to see how these are gonna sort of affect in the mainstream. I want to know how long they're gonna go on too, because they've had longevity already. Like it, like memes surface and they go down. Like there's some that don't make it that far and then there's some that go around like like the i love new york meme where she's sitting on the couch and there's like Ooh. several different like uh concepts about that one and then there's you know like I mean, the earth i don't want to get too deep into it but pepe is it's probably my favorite and one of like the longest lasting yeah but i never saw this like even i don't know like going longer than like a month but they're they're still going strong is pepe the frog yes yeah. Okay, I didn't know his name actually. <laughs> the sad frog, yeah. This is up. why we have to bring a resident meme <laughs> expert <laughs> to label and categorize all the memes that surface and are viral. <laughs> okay, one more. This is the past one. Bernie or Hillary? Issue Olive Garden. Bernie. Oh. <laughs> Only when I'm high. <laughs> Hillary, an authentic Italian restaurant for the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't with these. Okay, I want to read one too. Uh, the issue Bjork Bernie, her talent is like no other. Her mix of electronic and theatrical music makes a beautiful combination. She never writes the same album. Homogenic and Vespertine will always surpass the test of t- time. <laughs> Hillary Bjork. <laughs> 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 oh my god hillary are those are those people that were talking over bjork at governor's ball uh, <laughs> and like asking me for weed when i was rolling a cigarette like that's <laughs> that, that that was like the 16 year old version of hillary <laughs> i think that's basically what i'm realizing is what it comes down to is that hillary is like most of the memes are representing Hillary is within like working within a system already in place. And Bernie is just on a such deeper level of like understanding and on all of these memes. Yes. Yeah. It, it, Hillary is the mainstream <laughs> <laughs> of these memes. Hillary is the main meme. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, very true. Okay, well, I just, I mean, I, I hope that, like, maybe, I mean, I almost kind of see these going into, like, a realm of, like, actual policies, too. It's, like, kind of funny how this worked in reverse. Like, at first, maybe it was about, like, Bernie or Hillary and their policies. I could right. see it going into the memes and the comedy and the humor to, like, spark interest. And I now I can see it, like, well, okay, if it went back to the policies things, people, I mean, at least I don't think I would consider that credible. But, I mean, I think... Right. Since these are such like surface value, sh- mere entertainment, you know, like they're, I don't think people are going to consider them as like, hopefully not as like legitimate sources. I don't know. <laughs> I see them trying to like take them back, but I just, I don't know if it would like kill the meme or really make them stronger. I think that's the one thing about memes is you never know. <laughs> uh, the memes, the memes theme song, what doesn't kill me, <laughs> make me stronger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh cool well okay well i guess we'll see where these go and what goes on with them um i guess i will segue real quick to the next topic via another meme that we were talking about prior to this show regarding beyonce and the super bowl and all that jazz that happened over the weekend um there was one that I saw that we were laughing about that was a like a meme of the only thing it said was like next year's halftime show headliner and it was the KKK performing. It's like <laughs> it's like is this I don't know, it was just funny because it's like people really did see like Beyonce in that light. Like what what's going on there? Like that's what was really scary that I just saw was that like people were like oh, if she's wearing, like, Black Panther stuff, it's just, like, wearing, like, KKK stuff. And it's like, no, it's not at all. Like, like, people are still heavily involved in the KKK and, like, have been, like, wearing that. But it's, like, a completely different, like, platform. All right, so quick rundown as to what happened at the Beyonce Super Bowl formation. Um, 
uh, halftime show. So she released a video the day before. She performed it at the Super Bowl. That was really the only song she has done. I think it's been, it might have been her second or third time at the Super Bowl already, which is like kind of crazy. Um, and I mean, this one, they, it's, it honestly, like, I didn't think too much into it to begin with. Like, I was kind of like, okay, cool. Beyonce dropped yet another surprise. Uh, song, you know, I was thinking like 7-Eleven. I even said, I like this more than 7-Eleven. I like the video more than 7-Eleven because I, I saw that it was going to be like instant banger, like especially like I knew I could like obviously see it in the video like right away that it was like political with the Katrina stuff and the the kid in front of the cops and yes. and, you know, I was kind of, I was, I was like super like impressed by it, of course, and like um, I knew it was going to be like really big in the black community too so i was like this is this is like kind of trappy and the production's really kind of weird and it's really dark in a way and then and then the whole hot sauce in my bag thing like i after i heard that i was like yes so i mean like i didn't really i, I mean i i like kind of didn't see it at first and then and then i saw the super bowl thing and then all the backlash from it as well and i'm like holy shit beyonce like what you just did to like several million of people like they don't even know what's coming to them like <laughs> like there's that one a gif of lady gaga where she's singing and she finishes a national anthem and she opens her arms and like the red sea parts yes, <laughs> yes. i i feel like beyonce just like body slammed and like the whole earth like shook <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and i it was really i mean i was especially considering that it was in the middle of like a cold play set um and right. she just like came okay, yeah. in can we just talk about like what that super bowl halftime show was about because pretty sure it was cold play doing cold play stuff and um like it was really cool like that the whole thing was very gay and like he even like wiped his sweat with a uh, rainbow flag and he was <laughs> he was he was like obviously like really like out there i don't know his pants looked like they were made on etsy and um <laughs> like it was it was definitely like not your typical halftime show and then and then bruno mars started and like he danced amazingly and his his entourage was really cool looking it kind of looked like uh, like Greece or like West Side Story, especially when Beyonce and Bruno would kind of do like a little dance off situation. It was very like Greece or West Side Story looking. Um, but they, I just like, what was the concept here? I mean, like, I guess at the end it's like love wins, but I feel like Bruno was the only one who wasn't like politically charged. <laughs> True. Um, Though, I, I mean, I'm Uptown sure. Funk You Up is like, oh I God, guess, is that risque? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. Um, like, there's, there's no, like, direction in it, right? Or is it just me? Like, it, was it just kind of, like, shit thrown into a cauldron, and then, like, they were like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, especially because they knew that Coldplay was kind of, like, vanilla or whatever, so they brought back people from previous years i guess but um, i do think that like coldplay fans are like coldplay fans are like really like coldplay and there is a lot of cold like this i would say the majority of people on this earth who know about coldplay like coldplay <laughs> so i mean and beyonce and and bruno mars too like even like kids were singing uptown funk you up and like fucking it up <laughs> Um, but I mean, I guess it's, I mean, okay. So another thing I wanted to like talk about is just like Beyonce's like marketing and how, like, I'm just like amazed for, for real. Like I, she's somebody who knows, like, obviously like she knows her power. She knows who she is and she's, she's utilizing it in like a way that has never been seen before, which is like. Not only beneficial for her, I would say, I don't want to say political antics, because I don't think she's, like, being an activist or anything, but um, I do think that she's, like, use, utilizing her power and what she has 
her empire, I guess, that she's built of Beyonce fans and her um, visibility to both benefit her monetarily and then also, like, get her messages across. And, like, the fact that right after the Super Bowl, there was, like, not even, like, that long of a stretch until she announced that there was a world tour coming. It's, like, song, Super Bowl, and then world tour. All in, like, one little shebang. Yeah, it was that she used that as a platform to announce her world tour because she knew it was basically all about her. Like, Coldplay was not the headliner. No, exactly. The majority of my friends and people were, like, looking up or, like, were saying, like, hey, who's excited for the Beyonce concert tonight? But then again, I'm friends with a bunch of gay people, so, like, we were all looking forward to the Beyonce concert. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how, like, intentional do you think, like her political messages. I mean, it just seems, it's weird it seems more, like, inherent at times. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's but. just, like, I don't know, her experience or whatever. And but it seems like, it's weird because, like, her announcing her world tour right after it, it's, like, it's almost pushing, like, a border of, like, I don't know, utilizing it the wrong way, but it's still, like, very authentic, and she's, like, very real about just making her money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is what she does for a living. I think she, I mean, in terms of, like, a business strategy, she wants to get people united and together and, like, idolize her because, I mean, she's doing good. Like, she's not just because she's, like, a great artist. She is, like, doing good, especially with this, like, formation song and bringing people together and, like, bringing up these topics, especially, like, to Super Bowl like, people who are watched Super Bowls, like, you know, that's this is bringing up, like, conversations that are, wouldn't typically arise, I think. Or, 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 like, she's kind of making this sort of statement impossible to ignore, which is inevitably creating groups and fame and infamy and buzz, which is the perfect time to drop another single or a single and a world tour. Um. And my, my favorite line from that song is, um, you just might be a black Bill Gates in the making. I just might be a black Bill Gates in the making. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really, That's I was good. Like, yes. Oh, wait, I typed in. I want to look up the lyrics, actually. Uh, somebody was saying that, like, the, um, okay, two things. One is that somebody said that she had no business, um... And I didn't read the article, but the headline says that said that like Beyonce had no business putting herself in the Katrina. Oh, I just saw that as I was going through my feed. Um, oh, I didn't click it either. But people said it was an interesting article. But you know, in the song, she says her mom's from Louisiana. So, I mean, and she's from the South. And if you think about it, the South never really has like a big sort of presence and especially in like hot topic issues and and you know Katrina if we want to go conspiracy theory too it was like when I first saw it I was looking at it I'm like oh she's like making a political statement about Katrina being uh, a weather experiment from the military and gone wrong you know and um but I mean she does say her mom's from Louisiana which is like where I guess the Katrina thing fits in. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm sure she was personally affected by it just being from the South. But another thing I wanted to bring up too, is that somebody said that the, I got hot sauce in my bag situation, like lyric is kind of like a concealed sort of weapon. Um, if you will. someone like compared that, like that, that that's what she meant is like, she has like, she's like hiding something, but I feel like that, must have been from from the anti Beyonce side because like I I I know a lot of people that carry hot sauce with um <laughs> in their bags because especially when we fly because I got worse like literally like, it's not hard to ask a flight attendant see a flight attendant and ask if they have hot sauce especially now I feel like it's and, like even like Tapatio did like a little meme meme of like hot sauce in people's bags and stuff. yeah and I think also it's like a big I mean, I don't know much about the South, but I think it's, like, a big thing there to always carry hot sauce around um, as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing that forever since, like, true life. People were carrying hot sauce in their bags. Wait, I just, I was looking at 
the genius page for this song. And apparently in the interlude, um, it's someone named Messy Maya. I don't know who that is. And Big Fridia. I didn't know that. Mm. Wait. And the intro? Um, oh, and... Messy Maya is, is the... But oh, the, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the video, it's like, what happened in New Orleans? Bitch, I'm back by popular demand. It's like somebody, like an announcer kind of guy. Yeah, and then that's um, Big Fridia, who, I mean, I'll link. From, like, New Orleans Bounce. Yeah, yeah. Oh. What is that? Um, It's a um, artist. Queen of Bounce is what they, um, yeah, but it's like a, I don't know what gender they identify as. Um, so it's like gender queer bounce artist from the South. I mean, for like a mainstream pop song, this is freaking awesome. I think it's, it's really important that like she's bringing pop, like intersectionality very strongly into pop and like, not just like male or female genders like she's incorporating everyone and like issues that have like maybe died down and like i don't know i feel like katrina died down but the effects are still there it's just like she's just accessing a lot of different levels that are very important for like pop music oh yeah absolutely <laughs> when he fuck me good i take his ass to red lobster because i slay yes <laughs> <laughs> And apparently, like, Red Lobster, I saw somewhere has, like, seen a boost in, since this song came out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Scales of, the sales of Red Lobster have skyrocketed. I should have invested in, should have invested some stock into Red Lobster, damn it. Because, <laughs> honestly, I mean, it's a really good song. What do you guys think about the production of the song? It's kind of, like, reminded me of, like, Luigi's Mansion, or, like, it's just, like, <laughs> Like it's like the background is just like bam 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 I don't know. It's really it's kind of eerie, no? I've actually only listened to it well once in the video and then in the Super Bowl, so I'm gonna have to revisit it because um, I don't even remember what it sounds like. Well, do you at least remember um, Blue Ivy in the video? Yes. And how, like I think I've seen a couple of memes about Blue Ivy actually, and it's like. Um, it's just like her and she has like that camera angle and like it kind of zooms in on her face in like an upward motion and she's just standing there with her hands on their hips like I dominate this school, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's so good. So our next segment is um about a really interesting artist who we got the privilege to talk to on this show. Um there her name is Beatrice Martin and she is more Better known as Cœur de Perrot or Cœur de Perrot. Excuse my French pronunciation. <laughs> um, but yeah, she they reached out to us and wanted to publicize her sort of rebranding into um, the American markets. She's mostly known in France for her francophone pop songs, indie songs, and now she's sort of mixing in this like electronic and singing a lot of English songs, and she even has songs in both French and English. So, uh, Nina, do you want to talk about your blog for a little bit, for a second? Um, and then... Yeah, and I've actually, she's from Quebec, um, so I've been listening to her, I don't know, maybe since like 2010 or something. Um, and yeah, she's been popular in Canada, obviously, because that's where she's from. I think she was also pretty popular in France. Um, and now she got signed to Cherry Tree slash Interscope, I think, for this album. Um, so it's her first, like, American album, so that's why it's in English. But it's also well, still in French. Um, yeah. Yeah, there has, it has both. But what was funny is that I, I guess she, she mentioned in the interview that her most recent album, I believe it's called Roses. Yeah. She didn't really like the way it came out um, too much. And I don't know if she said it was complications. I didn't, didn't go into it because I'm, that's her business. But um, she's thinking about releasing an EP that I think probably will be more along the lines of where she wants to go. Yeah, it seemed it. like this was a... I mean, it wasn't like crazy radical shift, but it was 
you know, like she had electronic stuff going on, which she, she's really good at playing the piano, which she's been doing her whole life. So that's mostly been, it's mostly been like her and the piano and maybe some other instrumentation, but like. But overall, she's like super talented, like composer, musician. Um, the reason that we wanted to have her or at least a part of uh, the interview segment on the show is because in 2014, she was hired to compose a video game called Child of Light, which is not typical for a lot of uh, recording artists to be able to do, you know, be like a bunch of like side work like that too and so we thought we thought that was very interesting and we went into that a little bit during the interview um and yeah it's really interesting to kind of hear like how it is recording for a video game versus being like a pretty popular artist um and so yeah and so the we're gonna have some of the interview in here and then the full transcript will be posted on my blog as well called West Coast Fix, and we'll link it in the show notes on our website, whatsgoodbroadcast.com. Yeah, and you know, I, what I really like about it is it's really interesting to see when you're already a well-established artist and you're trying new things, and you really, it's kind of like cool to see people like take big risks like this, because you know, she's already done it in France and it's doing really well, and now she has her new single that it's it's apart from her album like her most recent album Rosa was, was almost like a transition and now she's like working now she worked with like a also up and coming rapper called Alan Kingdom who just worked with Kanye West so it's like cool to see artists take risks like this for their own creative development yes I agree and yeah because she has I mean ties to so many different countries and so many projects was is one reason why I'm I've been a pretty big fan of hers. So look her up. Cur de Pirate, C-O-E-U-R space D-E space pirate. Um, and yeah, we'll play you some of her interview right now. Hey, Beatrice. This is Jose. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well also. Thank you. First, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time. And really quickly, wanted to ask you, um, how do you pronounce your stage name? Because my French pronunciation say Pabal. <laughs> um, well, my name, how it's pronounced, is Cœur de Pirate. Cœur de Pirate. Um, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Merci. I try. I try. Um, okay. So, so I, we noticed that uh, with your most recent work, your um, sort of doing a language crossover and getting breaking into American markets as you're as we all know you're already pretty established in European markets um what are some distinguishing differences in the American markets versus European specifically in the French market that you've seen um i mean you mean specifically the crowds like the yeah i would say like the crowds the sort of uh client, the the work and the uh the sort of feedback you've gotten so far? Yeah, um, it's been uh, it's been a special adventure in the United States because I um, I had been doing shows before, so you know, with no backup whatsoever, um, I would uh, play shows like especially like even on the West Coast, and it was fine, like smaller venues, and and uh, you know the response was great, and it was only people that had found me through the internet, so. That was that was really interesting to see because I would go with very little promo and, and do shows and the shows went well so I um I decided that I wanted to do something more and actually you know find a label and, and do something real um you know it was it, it was complicated to find a label and then once I did find one uh, then uh, something bad happened and, and you know the whole my whole album release uh, was a little complicated. So now I'm just starting back from scratch, and it's um, it's good. I mean, I'm happy with it, and it shows that you know it's very very different markets. It's definitely not the same thing in Canada or in France. In France, it's more like um, do it yourself, I guess. Uh, and uh, it was you know more easy to find a, a label and, and support. It's uh, it's just a different adventure. Well, I'll, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm I'm not. Uh, 
not happy. Like I'm mm-hmm. happy about it all, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, I mean, the best kind of marketing you can get is word of mouth and people sharing your stuff online, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So what? So what are the major marketing differences then between Canada, U.S., and France? Well, it's. I mean, it's a smaller country, you know. Even though, yes, it, it is big, it's still less people. Um, there are less subgenres, I guess, even then. Uh, and in Canada, like I've been an established artist since a while now. I wasn't doing that in the States at all. I, I mean, I only started like maybe two, two years ago. So it was, um, I don't know, like it was interesting to see, you know, how it work via radio, how like, you know, who would have my support. There are more blogs, more radio stations in the States, you know, oh, there's a, a college circuit for radio. Like we don't have that. Um, well, we have it, but it's so it's so little. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's really interesting to see how all of this is evolving for sure. You mentioned you had some sort of uh, album complications with your release. Could you tell me what you're doing differently now to avoid those? Um, you know, it's, I guess I'm just going to start from scratch. I mean, I, what I'd want ideally would, you know, just to find uh, a partner for an upcoming EP. I'm get, I want to release an EP just for the States. So, I mean, hopefully that'll happen. And then I'll have like, you know, just English material to play in shows. And yeah, uh, because there is really complicated right now because the people that come to the shows, it's either people that, that knew me from before or they've just discovered me now. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's fun to see how people react, but, um, it's, I want to offer something more, you know, just some new material. Yeah. And I can see how that could be difficult because you have those that are already loyal to you and then you're trying to bridge your new fans in with that as well. Keep your old fans happy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> it is, it is, but it sounds like a really awesome adventure. Um, so I guess with that, uh, creatively, what are some of the barriers that you've faced um, with your upcoming EP that you're thinking about releasing and the language crossover? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like a big part of it has been done already because I did release Roses, which is a bilingual record and I feel like there's a transition there. I'm not like going full on English. I it's uh it's there's some English stuff, some French stuff still. So if I, I if I release an EP maybe it'll be easier. You know, people will be less like, oh what is she doing? Um so I don't know, like well, I I'm I'm just I I'm just gonna write songs and see what happens really. Well I mean that's that's really like the most you can do. Yeah. You featured um, Alan Kingdom, the hip hop musician who just recently worked with Kanye West and now yourself. Um, where did your desire to mix these genres come from? Um, it's, uh, I mean, for this song particularly, I've all, I mean, I, I'm a huge hip hop fan to begin with. So, um, awesome. to, I mean, <laughs> I, I needed to find, find someone that would be in the same vein of music same quirkiness i think mm-hmm. um and alan kingdom reminds me of the early kid cuddy stuff and you know kind of like a nerd hip-hop feel to it and i i loved it i think it i i mean i was a fan of his and i just hit him up on twitter and i was like do you want to rap on my song i feel like it's the only one that could have something like this um and he said yes so yeah is this uh, sort of the direction that you're thinking about heading uh towards your possible upcoming ep um i mean i'm thinking about it i mean even in in the producers that i had in mind for this previous record like i i really wanted to work with um this producer called elangelo who's who's from toronto but doesn't live in toronto anymore um who has more of a hip-hop feel i think so maybe i'll hit him up for this one i don't know (laughs) yeah i mean it's kind of like you're in a point right now where the possibilities are are endless it seems how has your tour been going so far it's been going great. Um, it's been surprising because, I mean, I was throwing myself into the unknown, especially like in Canada. I've been playing shows in cities I've never played before, and they're all sold out. Um, same goes with the States, you know, like so far. I mean, I don't know about the upcoming days, but like Chicago was great. It was uh, packed. And then like tonight, Minneapolis is looking good, too. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You're very expressive in your videos and and we see i feel like a lot of different personas come out and different songs sometimes humorous sometimes dark do we see that in your shows as well of course i'm um 
I, I love to not take myself too seriously. I think that's just weird mm-hmm. when people do that. So, I mean, yeah, the songs are pretty deep at times and, and you, you get that at the shows, but, um, I try to show, you know, the other side of myself, which is, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to make jokes, but it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, I, I manage. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, I guess, like, who is a Cure de Pirate? Is she you or a vision, uh, conceived through your work? No, I mean, it's pretty much me. At first, I didn't really know. I think I was hiding behind the, the persona and, and, you know, just trying to, to have a project instead of, of, uh, of just me. Um, but, uh, no, now it's, uh, it's, it's part of who I am, really. So what are some progressions you've made this tour that you haven't been able to accomplish in your previous ones? Um, I mean, just like the, the, the quality of the show, um, there are visuals now. I mean, I didn't have visuals before. Uh, so projections and different lighting and, and, you know, it's, it's a real ambiance. It's really nice. And I think for the people that come see the show, it's not just a live show, you know, there's, there's something that you actually feel. I mean, I wish I could see it myself but I can't um and uh it's uh it's it's really interesting to see how people have been reacting so far and and they've been like you know just surprised at the progression and and where it's going so yeah so is this uh also another direction that your stage presence is heading towards yeah I mean I I do move more now I mean I used to I don't know if you've seen me maybe not but uh before I was hiding behind a piano and that was, I was, uh, it was very Fiona Apple-y, I think. Um, and, and now it's, it's different. You know, I try to move. I, I learn how to dance. I, I, it's not like I'm not Michael Jackson, but it's, I try to move right. differently on stage for sure. No, oh, well, that's, that's really awesome. So you're bringing in a bunch of new elements and, um, well, what exactly made you decide to bring in electronic elements instead of sitting behind your piano? For it instance? just came naturally, I think with the producers. And when they when they did the songs, I was just like, you know, do what you need to do. I'm such a fan of your work. Uh, I trust you. And they they kind of made their own thing. Um, I was there, obviously, but I mean, it's it's really their work. So I'm. Uh, it just came kind of came naturally. Yeah. Kind of going into your other bodies of work as well. We researched that you composed a soundtrack for. The, yes. uh, for a video game uh, called Child of Light in 2014. Um, compared yes. to your other composing work, was there anything different about working uh, for a video game? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was actually really interesting because I was there since the beginning of the game. So the, there was no game. It was just like mood boards and, and images and drawings. So I just, um, they gave me themes and they were like, okay, like you have to do four main themes and then you declinations a lot of all of that. And I was like, okay, fine. And I, uh, I, I was happy because they, they saw me as a composer and not just as, you know, a singer songwriter. So it was nice. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. And so where do you find your, you grow, uh, how do you find that you grow creatively, I guess, in your composing work versus your stage work? Or um, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess the composing, it's always been there with me because I'm um, classically trained. I mean, I didn't know I, I could do it. I mean, I, I thought uh, it was my first time doing something like that. So I it just came naturally, I guess. Like, it's very, very weird to say that, but it's, uh, yeah. I guess it, it was it was part of who I, in, of my DNA. So, you know, I did it. Were and then there... my stage work, um, I mean, I, yep. Go ahead. No, continue. I'm sorry. No, but I mean, like, just the stage work, it's, I, I progress, obviously, like anybody else, you know? It's, it would be weird to, to plateau at this point. <laughs> of course. Were there any elements of Cure de Pirates in the video game that For you sure. kind For of sure. brought in? Yeah. Um, sort mean, of like, um, I guess you're more like indie and some, I guess now electronic work. Like, what, what kind of soundtrack was it? Because I haven't actually had the chance to play the game yet. Oh, well, if, if you can, you can find the soundtrack on Spotify for sure. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's nice because I got to keep the piano element of it. So the piano is still there and, um, you can recognize, you know, some of my, I don't know, like my way of, of writing and my way of, uh, doing something with, with it all. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Just uh, one more that I have for you, and that is, um, well, what what difficulties did you have with the video game versus re- your own recordings as Cure de Pirate? Oh, well, it's a job. So obviously I have some guidelines that I have to respect and <laughs> I couldn't do just anything that I wanted, but it, it's, they were very, you know, easygoing with the creative process. So that was, that was nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like, it's kind of limited, but it helps you work better, I think. So now we're going to end our show with really quickly with just some of our favorite things that we've seen on, um, on the internet besides Beyonce and besides the burning Hillary memes and besides all the gifts of the Super Bowl. We actually, um, I just want to end the show with something I just saw right before we recorded this brand new. It's actually really crazy. It's um, a Fader article. The headline is, what did Britney Spears know about gravitational waves before any scientists did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so for a while, Britney Spears had been, like, posting just, like, pictures of her tour and and her show, her kids, and, like, out of the blue, the past, like, month or two, she's been posting, like, really weird, like, internet pictures. Like, here's one of, like, of, like, a man who looks like he's made out of, like, rocks, and his, his, like, soul is like in his chest and it's like a wooden door with like a padlock and it's like shining and his arms are outstretched. It's like very like kind of biblical looking, but like trippy also. And then she started posting like uh, pictures of Albert Einstein, um, both young and like older Albert Einstein photos, like more recognized ones with his mustache and stuff. Was and this, like, if, was this well, before like, they announced the gravitational waves? Thing? That's that's where I'm going with this. Cause then she even posted like a huge, like, um, algorithm, one of, one of, one of Albert Einstein's algorithms. Um, and it's, and she just wrote like, learn something new every day. It's like all these, <laughs> it's like seriously like an, a, an Instagram photo of like dozens of lines of I'm, mathematical yeah, I'm physics. I'm looking at it right now. Learn something new every day, nerd emoji. <laughs> it's so weird. And then, okay, so where it gets interesting is that, um, two days before scientists found out that gravitational waves from a binary hole are like merging, it's like they they like were able to prove one of Albert Einstein's theories that haven't been able to be, be haven't not been able to prove before. Um, like she spent like her past like week just putting pictures of Albert Einstein and even said, "I'm so inspired by this guy. I just love looking at him." He will be the first person I speak to in heaven. <laughs> she said that. Yeah, that's that's the caption for um, uh, like a young hot Albert Einstein photo. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's just like crazy. I don't know. I feel like there's like celebrities are always kind of like in with like once you're famous and you have all this money and the whole world knows who you are, like you can really get into whatever you want. And I have no doubt in my ma- my mind that like Britney Spears is like collaborating with NASA or something <laughs> 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 or like, I don't know, or like Illuminati stuff. I don't know how I feel about that. There's no way to prove it, but like it's, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, maybe, because it was kind of rumored that that's what they're going to announce, so maybe, um, but still, I wouldn't, ex- I mean, I don't know Britney Spears, obviously, but I wouldn't <laughs> expect her to be, like, like, like a pocket physics nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that she is. I mean, this is why I love pop stars and pop music. They're just full of surprises. <laughs> Do you have a favorite thing, Nina? Um, I have. What about uh, that vine that you sent me earlier? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I had something that was not my favorite thing, but also that vine is like, <laughs> it's that um, Snapchat filter that we talked about on the last show with the like really ugly face. That like squishes your face and yeah. Yeah. And actually that has become like a meme on vine it's like putting things through that snapchat filter and then like putting that on vine um, yeah so yeah there's one of beyonce performing at the super bowl and someone did that vine over her face <laughs> she's like singing and then it like then there's that part where it, like zooms into her face at the end of the song and she's just like staring <laughs> with that like <laughs> crunched up face <laughs> i laughed so hard it was really good um and then the thing that 
before you reminded me of that, um, that I didn't like. Well, I haven't even looked into it, so I don't even know like how much I want to talk about it. But that new, the new Kanye stuff and that lyric about Taylor Swift. Um, did you see about that? No, Or I'm like Googling. one of the lyrics in his song is like, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex or something. I made that bitch famous. What? Yeah, <laughs> and Kanye's oh, like, yeah. she was cool with it. And then Taylor is like, no, he asked me to release that song on my Twitter. And she didn't know that that line was in there, but she didn't like the message of the rest of it. So she's like, no, it's kind of like misogynistic. And then had that line. Um, Yeah, that's not cool. yeah, and so like apparently Taylor Swift's brother posted like an Instagram video of him throwing away his Yeezy shoes. <laughs> Ooh, you got him there, didn't you? Yeah, here's some tweets on I'm I'm actually this okay, I don't know how I missed this. It's on like CBS News. There's like tweets that he made that he's like, first thing is I'm an artist, and as an artist, I will express how I feel with no censorship. Yeah. Second, yeah, and then he's like he asked his wife about And um I'm like, blessings. what does that have? It has nothing to do with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Nothing to do with Kim, nothing to do with being patriarchal or misogynistic, like <laughs> Yeah, and even if she did, like, like, what if she was like, I don't know, just because someone gave you approval to do something doesn't mean anything. He even tweeted, um, fifth thing is, I'm not even going to take credit <laughs> for the idea. It's actually something Taylor came up with. yeah, he said that she told one of their mutual friends that she can't be mad at him because he made her famous or something, which, fine, but it doesn't mean, like, you have to say that, call her a bitch and be like, I'm just going to have sex with her. I know, like, that's kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> Yeah. And then he said, oh, well, bitch is like an endearing term in rap. Um, I mean, it's only because like guys Yeah. like decided that they were going to call it, all the women that. Right. No, that's that's kind of not cool, Kanye West. I know, I'm. like I. I wish I could throw away my easy shoes right now, <laughs> and then. yeah, like I like him and I respect him as an artist so much, but I just hate when like. <laughs> People do dumb shit like that. I know it's like he's choosing to avoid the fact that it's like. not a progressive lyric <laughs> you know or inspiring even it's all right well is that a wrap Yeah, I think that's a wrap. Um, so we will be back in the next, I guess it's been every other week that we've been posting. yep Yeah, our website is... what's good broadcast.com if you want to email us feedback it's what's good broadcast at gmail.com and then we're on facebook and twitter under what's good show Please like us, please share, and please listen in again. Yay! <laughs>